In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Well, do we always know if our soul needs mending? Today we are diving into a dark pool and speaking very candidly with women who have experienced a tearing of their souls through sexual abuse as children. And we'll also be talking with a woman who has made it her life career to offer hope and healing for these victims. Welcome to Girlfriend It, a great place to connect and girlfriendify your life. We are Lisa and Patty. We are jumping right into a sensitive and significant subject matter that affects us individually and as a society. Well, it is a subject that breaks our hearts personally, and it makes us weep and pound the table. And we're talking about abuse, and specifically sexual abuse and its effect on our children and adults. And we don't want to waste any time getting into this and talking with our first guest, so we want to introduce to you Celestia Tracy. Well, wait, wait, wait. Before Celestia joins us, I have to brag about her. Uh, She received her M.A. in Counseling and Psychology. She is president and founder of Mending the Soul, an author, trainer, counselor. She has many years of experience and expertise with children, adolescents, and families specializing in abuse, trauma, marriage, intimacy, and sexuality. She teaches, lectures, and speaks both nationally as well as internationally, but I believe her most distinguished honor is that she grew up with me. Of course, I knew that was going to come. I knew all roads always lead back to you. Absolutely. And our our families did life together with our moms being best friends, although I was just the bratty kid that hung out with her little sister. So, Celestia, thank you so much. It's such an honor to have you on the show today. Oh, thank you, Patty. It's so good to be on. Um, First of all, I know you you also have another girlfriend um, with you as well, so we just want to welcome her on the show. And um, Amira Berger, how are you this morning? I'm great. How are you? Great. It is just such a pleasure to be able to talk to both of you. And Celestia, I just have to say it's um, so interesting that I haven't seen you since I was in high school, and we won't say how many years. Yes, we won't. Go or... (laughs) I'll be glad to tell them. (laughs) And I'm I'm always in awe of how God orchestrates things for um, our paths to to cross back again because our families were so close growing up and so intertwined. And then all of a sudden, um, I'm talking to you twice in one week after not talking to you in over 20 years. Yes. 
<laughs> well, first of all, we know this is a heavy topic and so significant, um, but it is filled with hope. You and your husband, Steve, founded Mending the Soul to provide tools for those whose souls obviously need mending. And earlier this week, our pastor did cross at a memorial service uh, that should have never taken place. It was for an 18-year-old who tragically took her life after suffering the effects of being abducted into child sex slavery. And after the service, Celestia, you made a comment that really stuck with Lisa and I, and we were talking about it in the drive home. You said that Paige was one of the first girls to come to you, and at that time the tools weren't in place to help her adequately. And and I know that is what God has laid on your heart that leads us to Mending the Soul. So can can you tell us a little bit about Mending the Soul Ministries? Right. Well, I let me just say something about Paige because she um died really as a effect of the betrayal and um just at the hands of her pimp. And it was she was the first young girl I was asked to see at one of our jails and she was 17 at the time. She was being released at 18. And so I had six weeks in which I could meet with her, and I came as much as I could. Paige was so hungry for resources. We would sit at a picnic table in the middle of a grass lawn at her juvenile facility, and she would talk for four and five hours each time I came. She wanted the help from the community, and what was so very tragic for us at the time is I had just retired my practice that month to devote my full-time energies to developing curriculum and resources to empower communities and equip churches to respond and help these girls heal. And um, at the time, we were just beginning that development. Streetlight Phoenix was not open. Paige would have been a perfect young adolescent to be a part of that facility. And um, I was just beginning, my husband and I, to gather the research and the resources for her. So we took her, um, when she was released, uh, just to keep her safe, to another facility on the East Coast. And it was so painful for me to know there were 50 beds in the United States for trafficked, sexually exploited minor girls. And in our city alone, Patty, we have over 300 girls that we know of on our streets that are being sold and raped for profit. I want to go back to that because, this is something that truly – I know Lisa and I, we are, we are torn up about this topic, and we really do want to make um, just everyone aware. I want to go back a little bit uh, about Paige. Paige is a gal at 16 years of age. She was taken from a mall here in Arizona, and her mother then put signs everywhere, you know, at truck stops, everywhere she could um, just pass out flyers of a picture of Paige to say, have you seen her? She was then um, pimped out here in Arizona until um, she was able to escape. She came back. They managed to take her again. This time a pimp here in Arizona traded her to a pimp in Florida where a sting operation came in and was able to rescue Paige, bring her back here to Arizona, and that goes to what you're saying, Celestia, where there's, there's no beds. Right, and then also, Patty, not only are there not beds and shelter homes for these girls, 
but staff, counselors, uh, volunteers do not have resources to properly equip them to understand the effects of abuse that these girls have experienced. And, um, for example, the research tells us that 90 to 95% of these girls that are sold on our streets and trafficked have experienced childhood abuse, predominantly childhood sexual abuse. And I, I have interviewed in the last year 22 young girls. 100% of those girls were childhood abuse survivors. So they were girls that were in churches and schools, and their families were in crisis, and nobody saw it, and they did not get the help and support that they needed. And it's Paige's story and Amira's story are uh, these beautiful young women are the faces that drive us to develop these resources. And um, Amira has been working with me um, to develop, to take the research and to develop a Princess Lost curriculum, which is curriculum to equip and again empower communities and churches and caregivers to understand how to walk alongside these girls and help them heal. And they really need to integrate all of the abuse and trauma they've experienced. And many of these girls will say the childhood abuse for them was more damaging, even more impactful, because that's where they developed the coping strategies of numbing and disassociating that really created them. The FBI refers to these young women as the perfect victims because they're marginalized and they already are um, really bearing the scars of early childhood abuse. And that's why we founded Many the Soul Ministries to develop resources and curriculum for the faith-based community at large to really understand what these girls have experienced and then to be equipped to come alongside of them. And our total training is a 72-hour training, so it's quite extensive, the resources and the um, training that we require of uh, volunteers and mentors that want to walk alongside these girls. Well, you know what is so interesting, Celeste, and this is so needed and so important because as we talk to women in churches, and, and you know, even growing up in the church, and sometimes we can get very sheltered, and you hear these um you know, somebody, you know, you hear the story or some of you start to just, you know, unwind a little bit of their story. And so many times we don't know how to say what to say, I'll be praying for you. Well, that, I mean, we need to pray for them, but we also need tools for them because we, you know, the average person is ill-equipped to really deal with all this, the layers that they and the scars that are um, involved with this. And so it is so significant what you're doing, um, just, you know, creating the awareness, but also the tools for the healing and for the hope and, and really diving in and, and allowing us in our churches to be able to, to reach out and, and minister to these gals and their families. Yes, and the basic, that is so very true. And in a sense, the gold within our community are our survivors. And often they are the ones that don't have a voice. They're very invisible. They're not seen. They're not listened to. And they're not helped. And so um, the effects of abuse are intergenerational, but conversely, the effects of healing 
is intergenerational. And so uh, as a part of our Many in the Soul basic training, we have a weekend training, and then we require our participants to go through a 12-week small group process, the Many in the Soul workbook, that guides them in taking the events and the um, significant events, both good and negative in their own life, and doing the process of healing that the girls will need to do. And what we have found is that these women that are stepping forward to volunteer and they say, I want to, you know, I want to be a part of the solution. I just, I don't want to talk about it. I want to do something. As they begin the basic training, they are helped with healing. They didn't even know they needed. Many of so we are at we're out of time, but we get to have you when uh, we come back from the break. So hold that okay, thought on. Thank the- you. This is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 Central on Togginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, you'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. Was sad because right. he had a death kill mommy and dad. Right. But that ain't the case. Nope. It wasn't his fate. No, nope. the walks never struggled to communicate. Ha. Y'all wear your hands. Look who's on. It's the code of man Keith and he's number one. It's that Keith Wine Show on Togginet.com, Wednesday nights at 8, 7 Central. Every week, that Keith Wine Show will have guests that share their experiences, expertise, opinions, and personal lives with us to hopefully help us better understand others. The topics and guests will come from the American Sign Language community. For more on Keith Wine and the show, go to his website, KeithWannWann.com. Listen with an open mind and willingness to learn and help with the cultural bridge. Number, number one, Keith's number one. Everybody back don't miss that Keith Wan show Wednesday nights at 8 7 central on toginet.com welcome back to girlfriended radio a chance for you to let your hair down curl up with a mug of whatever you love and have some nice girl talk it's girlfriended the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. 
Okay, we are back with Celestia Tracy, founder and president of Mending the Souls. And um, with her today, we also have another guest, Amira. And Amira, um, we would love to hear your story. It's Amira Berger. We would love to hear your story. So why don't you go ahead and share with us? Okay. Um, well, I came into contact with Celesta and Mending the Souls about a year ago. Um, and the reason that I seek help from them is because um, I'm a survivor of human trafficking. And about a year ago, I did an interview, and I had said, you know, my my childhood was great, and this all happened to me because I was an angry, rebellious teenager, which now that in this year I've learned so much about myself and about the effects of sexual abuse that I know I now know the truth, and the truth is not that I was some rebellious runaway child at all. Um, the truth is when I was six years old, I was sodomized by a family member and then um, sexually abused for several years by another family member. And by the time I was 13, I had not gotten any help for that, for the stuff that I had been through. And so I was already the picture perfect victim for a pimp. And when I was 16, um, there was a woman that befriended me. She was about 10 years older than me. And she, she befriended me to the point where I, I mean, I loved her. She was one of the closest people to me in my life. She took care of me. We hung out every day. I took care of her children. I mean, we were just really close. And about eight months after that friendship, she invited me over to a friend's house. And when I got there, she walked me in, and then she walked out. And for the next five, six months, I was held there in that apartment and um, transported to different apartments and raped for profit and forced to work in massage parlors. And um, I just had this really, really horrible existence. And eventually I got out um, after a really severe drug addiction and started doing my own self-recovery, as I would like to call it, where I kind of, I met my husband, I got married, and I lived this tried to live this cookie-cutter life because I really had no idea how to live a normal life. I just looked at magazines and online and TV because I had no healing, no redemption from what I had gone through. And then about a year ago, I met Celesta, and over this last year, I've realized that all of those things that happened to me as a child and a teenager all led to the trafficking, and now I'm here a year later with this complete sense of self-worth and confidence and peace about my life that I never, ever thought possible. Well, Myra, first of all, I just want to say I am so sorry that you had to go through that as a child and that your innocence was truly just stripped away. And I love, though, that now you see your self-worth and you see the hope that Jesus brings. That's so exciting and that's so encouraging for the listeners that are out there. Um, I have to ask you, uh when this gal that befriended you then just left you here at this apartment, um, when you were going through that, did anybody show you love during that time? I mean, because she, you know, you felt the love from her as a friend. Did eventually, um, after I was pretty well conditioned, 
they moved me into an apartment with her, and so I thought that whole time she was on my side. Um, I never made any money at all when I was doing that or when they were forcing me to do that. I still have to get over saying when I was doing that. Um, When they had me, I didn't make any money, and I got to the point where I would sneak money from the money that I was making and hide it and then give it to her so that I would be able to, like, buy a soda or, like, a shirt that I would want or something, anything that I could give her to go get me because I had no – I mean, I got taken to the dollar store once a a week to get shampoo and conditioner. That's about all I got. And they were making about $1,500 off of me a day. Wow. And so I – she did love me during that time, or I felt that she loved me, but it wasn't real love. It was just – I mean, it was all part of their little sick game that they play. And it's so twisted that people truly can't even understand. And I know even listeners, they just, you know, you hear comments that, oh, it's, it's from the beginning of time. You will always have. And it's like, no, we, we can't put a stop to this, not on our watch. We right, right. Aware. And was the woman, was she trafficked out as well? No, she wasn't. Um, in fact, I'm the only one in that ring that I know was being trafficked out, but next door to me in the apartment I was living with, living next to, there was a 14-year-old little girl being pimped out by her father, and right across the way there were two 13-year-old girls being pimped out by a pimp. So it's everywhere. But what is so horrific about this is, as I think so many times, we, we just live our lives and we're just so clueless to really the dark going on around us. And it's not isolated to a certain group. I mean, it happens, no. It can happen anywhere to anybody. And um, it's not, you know, specific to something. And, and so I just, when we have hear these stories, and we just so admire you and just respect you for just coming forward and being willing to say, this is what happened to me, who I am. Because um, it gives hope and it, um, to so many others. And, and like you say, you read the statistics, and the statistics are overwhelming of how much sexual abuse really is happening um, and what's really going on behind closed doors that we're not aware of because we, sometimes we live in our bubbles and, and or we don't want to hear about it because then, we, then we're torn inside. It's like, I gotta, I, should I do something about it? And, and Celestia, and it's really cool because you have provided tools that if people just engage. And so how can people help or get involved? Well, just I could give you a short statistic. In 2003, when I founded Mending the Soul with my husband, I was had been a counselor at that time for about 10 years in town. There were uh, no... Uh, faith-based healing free resources for women to help them at that time women or men but especially young girls to help them heal from the effects of childhood abuse and it was um, those effects stay with a person until they experience some healing and integrate that abuse and trauma. So in 03, Steve wrote the book, Mending the Soul, which is a really good starting place for people just to understand the nature of abuse, the prevalence of abuse, the effects of abuse, and then to have a a biblical theological model of healing. And it really draws a person through this deep soul care pathway to the love of Christ and how we can be the 
love of Christ in our communities. And so I wrote the workbook at the time. Today in our city, we have over 380 trained, skilled, equipped facilitators, Mending the Soul facilitators, who are offering uh, free Mending the Soul groups, one-on-one mentoring, uh, one-on-one friendship, to women who cannot afford the professional counseling. We also have men's groups. I keep saying women, but we're talking about the traffic female minors today. But um, So we have now 38 churches that are Mending the Soul churches. So these are churches that offer free 12-week uh, Mending the Soul small groups to the people in their communities, the men and women that are in their communities. Uh, Many of the Soul Student Edition for the church will be released by Zondervan this next year, 2011. And um, then currently we are raising funds. We still need about $50,000 to produce and um, print the Princess Lost resources, which are um, really specialized resources. It's a fairy tale, Princess Lost, the story of our daughters, an 18-song um, healing CD that complements the fairy tale, and um, all of our curriculum is survivor-informed. So as our musicians and our artists were creating the curriculum with me and we were collaborating together, they were doing their own Mending the Soul healing while they were doing it. I think that's why the material is so annoying because it comes out of the passion and the love and the pain of other women who have also experienced pain. I mean, Patty, you've experienced pain through the loss of your mother and um, through such a tragic loss. And so the training and the materials will not only help you heal and experience some comfort, understand how those losses have impacted you, but then you are much more equipped to identify around you young women, uh, young men who are experiencing pain and then can and move into that pain and be offer the comfort and the love of Christ, but to be equipped and informed because the effects of abuse are not intuitive. So we're not going to automatically understand powerlessness, for instance, um, or isolation or emotional numbing. Um, we have to learn those things. We have to study that. And Mending the Soul is a one-stop shop in a sense. It integrates the latest social science research on abuse with a biblical pathway of healing. And um, it even just reading the book is a good starting place. And then um, just helping us, we're asking for groups in the valley, uh, you know, um, bunco groups, small groups, uh, reading groups, uh, Sunday school classes to come together and to donate $1,000 as a community to the Princess Lost Project and then to write a letter to these girls that need the resources in Princess Lost as a part of their extended family of love. And um, then we will have the names of those groups and those individuals that sacrificed 
uh, their time, it were willing to experience pain that they didn't have to experience to give and walk alongside these girls. So we're really trying to build bridges between the chasm of need that we have and then the pile of resources we have in our churches. Well, Celestia, we are out of time. Once again, this just flew by, and we just want to thank you. Thank you for all of your resources, your tips. Amira, thank you for sharing that story. And you guys have a beautiful day, and thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. <laughs> This is Girlfriended on Toginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. People think I've made it. I'm popular. I seem happy all the time. I have great clothes and I'm involved in everything. But I have questions, doubts, and fears just like every other teenager. That's why I'm glad for Teen Talk Radio where it's all about choices. Join us for Teen Talk Radio with Nicole O'Dell Thursday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. The choices we have to make that can alter the course of our lives. Life is too much pressure if we try to go it alone. I tune in to Teen Talk Radio with Nicole O'Dell every week to get reminded that I'm not alone. Nicole O'Dell is an expert on what happens in the lives of teenagers. Join her as she deals with topics like peer pressure, purity, drugs, alcohol, and many other things that might come up along the way. She writes books and speaks to people all over the place, but she says her favorite moments are when she can pull up a chair and chat with teens about what's important to us. For more information on Nicole and her books, go to NicoleO'Dell.com. Then join us for Teen Talk Radio with Nicole O'Dell. Thursday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. Teen Talk Radio, where it's all about choices. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the million-dollar mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the million-dollar mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, we are continuing our dialogue this morning um, on a pretty dark subject. And we're talking specifically about child sex abuse and the effects of that and the different forms of that. And we've, we've been talking with a, a survivor and uh, someone who is overcoming that. But coming up next, we also have two significant women that have personally experienced that. And some of the statistics on this subject are just overwhelming. And they say 90% of child sex abuse 
sexual abuse victims know their perpetrator, and in fact, 68% are abused by family members. Well, our next two guests, have, um, they were victims from a, a, a family member, and specifically their father. We want to introduce you Julie Lane, first of all. And, and Julie not only was a victim, but she is now um, uh, she's a trainer, and she goes along and she, with this Mending the Soul that we've been talking about this morning, and she offers hope and healing. And she's on the other side of that darkness, and she is now walking in the light, basically, and offering that hope and light to others. So, Julie, welcome to Girlfriend It. Thank you. Thank you for having me this morning. Well, we want to thank you, and we want to you just um, have you just share briefly. I know we only have a few moments, but how did your abuse start? Well, it started um, in my home when I was um, seven years old, and um, it lasted um, up until um, well, I was seventeen when I um, finally reported the abuse. Um, I did. Um, there was an opportunity for me um, when I was 12 to, um, I, I actually ran home from school one day because there was, um, somebody actually came and talked to our my class about abuse and I felt empowered and equipped to run home and tell my mom finally of what was going on. And um, But unfortunately, um, she just, my mother was not equipped to help me at that time and she was also being abused by my father as well and um, so it just compounded it. Um, the, uh, the abuse for me, too, feeling that I was all alone. So it was another five years. Um, I actually um, just really kind of hit bottom and um, was thankful that um, there were counselors in um, the school that where I was attending. I almost, I was an honor student and almost um, didn't graduate from high school because I just, I couldn't get out of bed in the morning. And, um, but at that time, I was, um, the counselors and um, that, got me some help and I was able to report the abuse and um, at that time um, my mother actually had gotten some help and she had um, entered college and got a, a job and got us out of the house and so I think I felt a little safer at that point to get some help as well. Um, unfortunately when I did um, report it however my father um, he barricaded himself in the house that he was living at and um, actually fired at the um, the police officers that were there to um, to talk to him, and he ended up dying um, and not surrendering, um, obviously. But um, so I've um, not only had to heal from the abuse, but also just the, the guilt that I had of um, you know his death as well. But um, I am so um, so thankful for this this journey that um, that I've been on, and just the healing that I've I've found um, along the way. Um, first in the secular world, I, um, and then um, I actually, um, after I met my husband, and they um, uh, brought me to church for the first time, and I actually met a colleague of Celestia's at the time and, and sought some additional counseling because there still was just a void. There was something just missing in my healing, um, and then um, got, got that healing from the specific counselor, and then... Um, had um, an opportunity then also as well to not only um, take what was um, I had been through, but then to help others as well. I had ended up working at the Child Crisis Center and um, the same um, organization that came to my elementary school and allowed me the opportunity to feel um, like it was okay to share what was going on. Um, 
I was then currently working for, and I helped um, get share my story and the child abuse prevention license plates that we have in the um, in Arizona. Um, I was able to help with that, and there's just something really great to um, not only in your the walk of of healing, but to be able to to make a difference. I feel that like you're making a difference for somebody else. Um, kind of gives that sense of um, purpose, I guess. Julie, I was going to interrupt. Clear mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. you- such a powerful story, and I have to say, first of all, um, with Lisa and I both know you, and you are making a significant difference and having such a huge impact on um, girlfriends that are around you as well as on the community. And I, I just have to say, you touched on two different statistics. One of the statistics that we just in, in researching this is that um, the number one reason why children don't tell is because they're afraid that no one's going to believe them. And it sounds like even with your mom, the fact that she didn't have the tools and the resources to help you out, as a child you feel that you're not completely believed in in sharing that about your father. And the second one is it was after you had learned at school um, that you felt empowered. And I just think that is a tip for people that are listening because once you talk to your children about this, then they do feel empowered so many times if they're not being educated and made aware that this is wrong, people do not touch you this way. Um, exactly. You really don't know what's going on. So I just think even that, those are just two great tips to make sure that you really are believing someone if they're telling you this. And then um, just to make sure you're educating and making your, your children aware of what, what are the right touches and, and what are the wrong touches. Definitely. Well, um, you have just... Um, thank you so much for sharing your story and just offering the hope. And we just thank you for, for being on and um, also the fact that you've taken your time to go get trained. You, you, you majored in psychology, correct? I did, yes. And I um, so in, just in some, um, I'm not exactly sure how all the dots collect have connected, but we've connected back with Celestia, and um, I'm involved in municipal ministry right now, and actually um, a facilitator and, and lead women's groups and um, mentor women um, right now in my community, and I also help with their um, the social media um, networking um, for the ministry as well. So I'm just so thankful to, to be um, doing something in my life now that, um, you know, able to use, um, you know, all of this. And the, that's the, what's the so awesome. That God takes all of our hurt and pain, and He will use it to, to benefit others. And um, on that note, we are going to have another one of our girlfriends, who you know, Lisa Schumacher, is now going to be on. So we just want to thank you again, Julie, for being on the show. And if you would like to talk with Julie, you can go to GoFriendIt.com, and she occasionally gets on there to throw stories. So thank you so much, Julie, for being a part of this show today. Thank you again, Patty. Have a great day. You too. And Lisa. We want to thank you for being on, and you have a similar story that we just heard um, with Julie. But, um, Lisa, I know you had shared with Lisa and I a story that took place on Easter morning where... Years ago. Years and years and years ago. And um, it just really broke our heart where um, your your father, who was also uh, abusive, um, had been upset about your dog that was making a lot of noise and literally took a gun out and was going to make your brother go out and shoot this 
this dog, this puppy that you all loved. And just hearing that story, I mean, we're talking about sexual abuse to children and just to think beyond that, the verbal, the domestic abuse, everything that's going on inside of your household, I can't imagine that um, how you were able to, to deal with that as a child. So can you share just a little bit more about and, and then how you went through the healing process? Okay. Um, yes, that was a very traumatic experience, and it was one of many that happened in our household. Um, my father was a severe alcoholic, and through his alcoholism, he sexually molested me as a young girl, and it went on for about 10 years. So all your the people that you've had on today, I relate to everything they're saying. I may not have been trafficked, but I've been through the horror of um, being forced to do things that you don't want to do. And I spent my whole life pretty much being angry and drinking and doing drugs and just making really bad choices um, and not understanding why I was in that position or why I was hurting so bad until one day I got a simple invite to church. And through that invite, I gave my life to the Lord and started the healing process. I got into Christian counseling and listening to tapes and worship music and just trying to renew my mind and try to find the peace that I was just craving. And through that process, I was able to forgive my father for all the past abuse. And I sent him a letter, and he received the letter, and he openly was able to speak to me. And through that whole entire process, it's unbelievable. God used that to open the door to just break my dad's heart. And he is he gave his life to the Lord, and he is walking with the Lord right now, which is a complete miracle. I mean, this was a man that was beyond violent. He was hanging out with the Hells Angels, you know, all the time, and just a lot of violence. So it's incredible to see how God can turn things around. I never thought that that could happen, and through all that, it has really healed me up to be free, to help other people, and to just have a heart for women and children that are going through what I went through. And I didn't have that help. I didn't have that kind of support system. And I didn't speak about my abuse until I was 28. And that's when it all started. When I opened my mouth and told my mom that my dad had molested me and told her the stories, that's when I started to feel the healing process. So it's so important to open your mouth, to let people know, and to begin that healing. On that, why why did you feel it took you till you were 28? Because I think so many times people, that's the biggest thing, is they go, how come they didn't, they never said anything? I was told and trained not to say a word about it. So literally, I think that it was brainwashed in me. So I just, I tucked it and compartmentalized it into a part of my brain, I believe, where I just couldn't even go there. And so for me, I, I never even was aware of why I was the way I was. And I was very promiscuous and just constant self-hatred and self-esteem issues. And I didn't really know until God totally revealed to me what was going on, and all the memories started flooding back, and I just knew that I had to get the word out and start the healing process. Well, and you know what is so amazing? It was the, all the stories that we've been hearing this morning from you all, and, and it's just it's gut-wrenching to hear these and to know really what's going on behind the scenes. But, but what is so um, encouraging is there is hope and there's healing, and Jesus does heal our broken hearts. And um, combining with the tools that we need, to, such as mending the soul and, to, and just and people, the relationships in our lives, and you combine all that, and Jesus is still doing miracles in our souls and mending them. 
Okay, so thank you for sharing your story and stay with us. All right. This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. Christian Working Home Moms, here is your own show on Togginap. It's CWAM, Christian Working Home Moms with Jill Hart and Diana Innan. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Central on Togginap. Um, I'd love to share with you just a little bit about how CWAM can help you, whether you are new to the work-at-home world and just starting out your search, or whether you've been working at home for a while and are looking to grow your business. Jill Hart is the founder of Christian Work-at-Home Moms, CWAM.com, and co-author of So You Want to Be a Work-at-Home Mom. Jill has worked from home from 2000 and started her home-based business to assist other Christians who desire to work from home while maintaining a godly life. And Diana Ennett with VirtualWordPublishing.com. I really, truly want to see you succeed, want to share the joy that I have in being home with my kids and being able to build my own business. And she's ready to help you now. Christian Work at Home Moms with Jill Hart and Diana Anna. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Central on Toginet. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Pinrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 Central on Toginet.com. Life after an autism spectrum diagnosis doesn't have to be difficult. It can be joyful, happy, and filled with hope. Join Shannon Penrod, author, speaker, coach, and mom of a six-year-old recovering from autism for this inspirational hour of hope. She's even authored a series of children's autism books with her son, Jim. For more information about the books, Shannon, and Everyday Autism Miracles, go to her website, shannonpenrod.com. From there, you can also get to her other websites, blogs, and connections. On Everyday Autism Miracles, you'll hear stories from parents whose children have made miraculous strides. You'll also get the inside dish on therapies, treatments, supplements, and how to get funding to help you afford them. Miracles abound in the autism community. So tune in for Everyday Autism Miracles to listen, share, laugh, and surround yourself with hope. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, this morning we have been talking to some amazing women who have at one point in their life walked in darkness but are now in the light, basically, and, and on the road of healing and helping, and not just their own personal healing, but they're helping others heal um, along the way. And, you know, as a society, we all pay dearly for the victimization of our children and of our youth. And we're not just referring to the physical and mental health consequences of these young people, but sexual abuse, like we've been talking about today, is a significant component of the history behind so many things in life, like with the sex offenders, substance abuse, prisoners, prostitutes, runaways. And so many times you have to peel back the onion and get to the core of it and go, really, what's behind all this? Because so many times, uh, so many things that people are doing, especially as women, whether they resort to drinking or isolation or depression, there's usually a reason. They're looking, they're taking a Band-Aid to to really try to heal something that goes much deeper. And as we've discovered, really true healing comes from a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, but we also need the tools. 
to go along with us. We've been talking about mending the soul as a great resource and tools. And just um, we just so appreciate these women and their courage to really share these stories. And I wish we had more time. Absolutely. And I think so many times when you're, when you're listening to all these stories, you actually feel a little helpless because you do want to jump in. And it's like, where can I get started and how can I help these women? And also for some that are going through their own healing, they want to know, um, you know, how can I get those resources mm-hmm. and those tools? And I think that there were some great tips. And um, once again, you can go to girlfriendit.com or amendingthesoul.org and find some of these resources, but also to jump in and help others. I love what Celeste said about um, as these writers and um, as, as they were writing this the curriculum and, and the artists, that they were going through their their own healing process, and that's why it seems so anointed. And I, I do believe there, God puts every single person in place with a huge purpose, and it's not just about writing that curriculum. Well, and our experiences are never wasted. It's, and so many times you go, why did I have to endure that horrific pain? And I, God transforms that pain. And so many times birth comes out of a death. And we've even seen that because even yeah. our own journey came from the loss of our moms, and we were able to birth something, you know, that that we would not have been a part of had we not experienced that loss. Mm-hmm. And so many times we look at loss and we think that is the final chapter, but it, sometimes it's only the beginning of a new chapter, a new significant chapter. And, and sometimes God, we don't even see it until it happens. Mm-hmm. I know um, for me, after my mom died and at the funeral um, where – all of my brothers and sisters, all six of us, had shared that my mom had led each of us to the Lord, that she was the one that we went to, um, all like, you know, going into her bedroom and saying, we, we want Jesus, and having her go through that with us. And we shared that at the funeral. Well, I had a girlfriend then call me the next day and said, okay, all, of, all six of you made a comment that your mom led you to have a relationship with the Lord. What exactly does that mean? And I was able to share Christ with her right there on the phone. And I hung up the phone, and I I was excited through your grief. I was excited that that was used to be able to to help someone else out. And I remember calling my girlfriend, Megan, and saying, because Lisa was a mutual friend of ours, you know, I was able to lead Lisa to the Lord because she had asked me about the, you know, the funeral. And Megan said, wow, Patty, that is what it's all about. Your your mom's death is is showing people Christ. And I remember pausing, thinking, I'd rather have my mom back, you know, just mm-hmm. that, that human nature. And um, it was just interesting because Megan said, I know, you'd, Lisa can go to hell. You'd rather have your mom back. And we, Did you just say hell on the radio? <laughs> I would not do that, and uh, I just we we started laughing about that comment that um, that that would happen, and uh, you know you just when you're going through that grief, you don't see that it can help others, and at the time you really don't care, but looking back, you you do see the birth from death, and you do see the healing, and you do see that um, God will always use it if you allow him. If you allow just to keep spiraling down, then then God can't use you. So um, anyway, th- those are all um, just great stories, and I hope that people can really see that they can get healed. Well, and sometimes you have to step back from your own situation to be able to see it objectively, because when you're so immersed, it's, it's 
it's hard to see beyond and see past that. And I just love this story because so many times when we are in the darkness in our own personal journeys, you cannot see the light. And that's why we need other people around us. We need that encouragement for others going, you can do it. There's hope. There's healing. And, it, and I think so many times that the, being a victim doesn't have to define you. Right. You don't have to live the rest of your life defined as a victim. And, um, and I think that is significant to know. And that's what we're seeing with these women that shared their stories. They're not defined as a victim anymore. And being... Um, and what what they endured is not their identity. They have moved past that. And I think that's an, that's an important thing to realize, that no matter what has happened to us in life, there's our, our identity is on the other side of that. Exactly. And, I, and our identity is all about having fun. Even though we see the pain and the hurt, we, we also like to um, experience the, the joy. And we, we are put here on earth so we can bring a little piece of heaven down here. And I think... So many times we forget. We get so caught up in the seriousness of it all, and it can be so painful that you still have to go shopping. (laughs) Are you going Christmas as in Christmas shopping? Yes, yes. And we were able to do that the other day. And it is funny when you do walk into the malls, just the, the smells and the music and all of that. This is the the end of the year, and you're able to look at the past and think of all the things that you're excited about, that what 2010, as much as there was pain involved, you have to just look and appreciate all the incredible things. And looking forward into the next year and going, I, want to, I just want to make it a great year. You know, Absolutely. I'm going to choose the attitude that's going to go. I'm going to run into 2011 and embrace all that's in front of me, even though I don't know what that looks like, and I'm going to run it full force. And, um, and I think that's what it's this time of the year, because I know that we're kind of coming to the end and, um, of, of a significant year, and, and Christmas time is, is a special time and a magical time. And it's about gifts a lot of times, and, and, the great, and realizing our greatest gift has been Jesus, but, and realizing the gifts we give, and some are tangible and some are not tangible, you know, gift of forgiveness, um, and then also the gift of fun. You, you know, you awarded me um, a special gift. It was a picture from the past in a frame <laughs> this year that you go, oh, really? Did we go out of the house looking like that <laughs> in the pictures? I found a picture of us celebrating Christmas from a decade ago, and Lisa has very, very short hair in this picture, and it was hysterical because you do. You look back on some of the pictures, and what's so funny about that is because you have also honored me with a picture of myself where I had cut my own bangs, and I happened to dye my hair black, so I kind of look like Elvira. And it was Elvira. the morning that we were doing a, a TV segment, and it's <laughs> like we look back and go, we're sitting on the set, and I go, did we think that was good? I thought I looked great. I just want you to know <laughs> with my jet black Elvira hair and bangs, like, completely, you know, I don't know. I think there might have been a half inch of my bangs. I don't think you had glasses on the day that you looked in the mirror and, and decided to do something about your bangs. <laughs> I think that was when your eyesight was going down <laughs> and you were in denial. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, if I, if I remember correctly, I was pregnant. And, um, you know, at that point, anything that you, you think that you might look thin in the, in the picture, that um, apparently whatever I was wearing, I was only concerned about how my weight was, not what my hair looked like or something. Obviously. <laughs> but I would like to thank you for sharing. We we might even want to post that on a girlfriend page somewhere. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think I really want that out there. Um, it, it, yeah, it's just those reminiscing and those memories. And um, and that's what life's about is doing life together. The, the, 
the hard times, the good times, and just and going forward going, I'm so glad you're in it with me. Well, speaking of I'm so glad you're in it with me, because I, I know I bless your life so much. <laughs> but I would like you're to. You're so humble, too. <laughs> I would like to talk about Carrie Martin. She is our sound engineer, and we are so blessed to have her in our life. We have known her now for Tap one her year. In her life. To have her in her life. She she is incredible. She was wonderfully and beautifully made for her life. <laughs> but to have her in our life, it has been a year, so we are celebrating a one-year anniversary of knowing Carrie Martin. She has done some incredible um, web designs for us, so you can find She's her. She's an incredible graphic designer. Yes. And, um, and, and just, I mean, her talents, she's one of those ones that her talents ooze. And, yeah, Carrie, we were talking about you behind your back, and you can't do anything about it. No, That's what can't. I love. That's I what do. I love. She doesn't have the microphone in front of her, so she has to put up with We could actually say some, like, really bad traits of hers, or we could but talk we about her any. bad habits. But we don't know any. Yeah, that's true. The one thing I do love about her, that she totally gets the coffee side to me. You know how it's like you have certain people in your life that get certain parts of you? And she really gets that part of me that you don't, you're getting there, though, because yeah. you used to, but she is, she's a connoisseur like you are. Well, and it's funny because um, going shopping, that's what we've, we've been wanting to get, carry something, and we keep saying, we want to find that perfect gift, and that's really irritating when you, when someone's so special because they've done so much in your life in our one-year anniversary time, and yet you cannot put a finger on what would make them go, aha, this is the best gift ever. It wouldn't be aha. It would be, oh, wow. We want her to say, oh, wow. But getting her a coffee gift certificate just seems so so boring. But do you think she would help us a little bit? <laughs> I don't know. She might give us some advice and some things that would make, like, the perfect gift for a Carrie Barton. I don't know if she's listening. You know what? This is as we wind down and um, – and we're going into like a final week of, of kind of Christmas and it's kind of overwhelming. And it is about what is that perfect gift and that you want to wrap and you want to have it just look, you know, it'd be something so special. And I think so many times it goes back to it's the intangible. That's the best gift. Just a gift of friendship. Yeah. Those relationships. That's what it really comes down to is the, the time that you, you spend with each other. And so many times we, we do the hustle and bustle, and we're looking for that p- perfect gift. So if we gave Carrie us, do you think she'll be okay with that? Put a bow on your head. <laughs> <laughs> I do laugh, though, at Christmas because you're over here. I'm over here shopping for my dad and his wife, and then they're over here. You're just basically all you're doing is exchanging gift, gift cards and, and, and money, and yet you're stressing out over it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. It would be nice if everybody just said, no gifts, we're giving it all to those who who don't have it. Well, you know what, and we just want to say thank you just for joining us today and just every week. And, um, you know, we just want to continue bringing some remarkable guests on the show to help us all do the remarkable together and um, and do it in relationships and friendships. And so we just um, we want to thank you, and we ask you to join us on Girlfriended. And we'd love to keep some of this dialogue going today on our Facebook the Girlfriend at Facebook, just some comments and just and hearing other people's stories because we'd love to use those stories on our on our on future shows. And please contact us um, at girlfriended.com if you would like more information. And have Thank a very, you. very Christmas. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It. The show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show to 